The Ortho PAC, hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the Ortho PAC, where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Today's guest is Laura Gerstner. Laura, welcome to the Ortho PAC. Thanks so much for having me, Sam. Laura Gerstner, Clinical uh, Coordinator Director at Campbell University. I was hoping we could talk some today about the PA program and PA students. And given our current environment with the pandemic and all of the changes, I precepted a couple of students during this. And, you know, it, it sounds like it's been kind of a challenge for the PA students in their second year to get a good clinical rotation. You give us any uh, insight on that, or have you noticed any problems with your second years? Yeah, absolutely. So back in mid-March, you know, I said I kind of feel like I feel like it hit us like a ton of bricks. We all had heard about this uh, COVID nineteen, and and then it hit the U.S. and then it hit you know quickly and and strong and and kind of threw everybody into a tizzy, not just in medicine and academia, but you know everything. We very quickly made the decision for our didactic year students to um, turn them virtual. And of course, initially everybody was saying, we're going to, we're going to just be remote for two weeks and we'll see how things are going. (laughs) I know. Interestingly enough, we um, did finish out our didactic year in July with all remote learning for that class before they headed out on clinical rotations. But our new incoming class that just started in early August they are um, doing a, a bit of a hybrid model at this point in time. So the, they're split in two and they're, each group is on campus about a day and a half a week. And then the rest of the week is, is remote learning. So they still get to be in person. They still get to do the labs in person in particular, but all lectures or most lectures are, are a remote learning format. From a clinical year perspective, um, my class of 2020 was in the middle of rotation eight of 11, we have four week clinical rotations. And so in March, March was their eighth rotation. They were a week into the four week rotation when we halted them, pulled them out of rotation on, I believe it was a Friday afternoon, we made the decision. And really at that point in time, we were starting to hear from some of our major hospital systems saying, you know, that they were going to pause student rotations. And the the two biggest reasons for that, one is that, you know, this was coming about quickly and was becoming a, a major issue and concern quickly. And, you know, hospital systems and clinics just didn't have policies in place. They didn't know, you know, how they were going to change their practice and how this was going to affect their practice and and what that looked like. And so just having extra bodies really was was a not a good thing um, for them at that time. But also there was the major concern about the PPE shortage, the personal protective equipment shortage. And so we didn't want students who were extra people in clinics and hospital settings taking up valuable PPE that could potentially worsen the shortage. And so those were the two main reasons that both sites were deciding to stop student rotations immediately. Then the recommendation came out from the AAMC that all medical schools pull their students, and we followed that suit. So quickly, within a day or two, all um, all of our students were uh, pulled from rotation. So we had, you know, 24 hours or, or less, we basically took a few days to, to regroup and look at different different options. And we were able to rearrange our schedule enough that there were a few weeks there that, that as we were trying to figure out how we were going to run the rest, it quickly became evident that this was, you know, not going to just be a two week problem. And so we had 
uh, we took a few a week or two to really try to uh, restructure the remainder of our clinical year and determine we sort of had planned, you know, A, B, C, D, and E, I think at one point in time, just not knowing when, if and when students would be able to return to clinical practice. And of course, we have to keep in mind the requirements of our um, accrediting body, the ARCPA, um, because we have to make sure that we meet all of our accreditation standards. And they were also in the process, that accrediting body was in the process of determining if this would make major changes to the standards that they required of PA programs or if they would allow, you know, certain, um, you know, virtual rotations to, to suffice. And so what we were able to do is basically uh, finish out rotation eight with virtual patient cases. There's a, a system called Aquifer, the nonprofit actually organization that has these phenomenal patient cases, and they gave free access to all medical and PA programs basically through the end of June, which was awesome. So we were able to convert the remainder of our eighth rotation to virtual Rotation nine, we were able to change anybody that had a remaining elective or primary care rotation. We were able to, to create virtual courses for those because they weren't required core rotations that had to be in person. So we created a, a COVID-19 elective, which was I thought was awesome because the, the students were actually able to learn about COVID-19, which obviously they hadn't learned about in didactic year because there was no such thing at that time. And so we we converted to these online courses. And then for our final two rotations, we basically had the students do one week of virtual patient cases, and then we shortened the actual clinical time to three weeks. So by mid to late May, we had enough clinical sites and hospital systems saying, yes, we will take students back, that we were able to uh, get students into those hands-on experiences so that they were able to graduate on time. Our class, so class of 2020 graduated on time and class of 2021 started clinical rotations in person uh -huh. and knock on wood, um, so far so good. They finished rotation one and they're halfway through rotation two today. So, so far so good. I, I feel like now that the PPE has been secured and policies are in place, hospitals and practices are much more comfortable having those students back with them. So, so far so good at this point in time. Yeah, I had a student with me. Um, I guess last month, and she was talking about virtual learning, and I'm like, virtual learning, you know, is one thing when you're doing the classroom. Another thing if you're trying to do a clinical rotation with hands-on. So, you know, I'm glad that they had their eight rotations before um, they had to do that because yes. that would really be restrictive. I think, you know, getting out of practice and not really having hands-on patient care. Absolutely. Has the enrollment in the PA program been affected? Uh, have you had as many applicants as you usually do? And then also, you know, as far as the student protection, you mentioned this on uh, the didactic year, you know, the hybrid model, but clinical rotations, just, you know, what everybody else is using for their PPE. Is that kind of how, how things are going? Sure. So I'll take the, let me answer the question about the protection first, since we were just on that topic. So our, our students that are out on rotation, number one, are required to wear masks at all times. So we actually tell them that if you need to remove your mask, let's say to eat lunch, that needs to be not in a lunchroom, not in the office setting. You need to go out to your car. You need to find a private space where there's no one else there. Because what we found when we sent students back on rotation in May and June is that any of the known exposures that happened actually more frequently happened from colleague exposures mm -hmm. um, as opposed to student exposures. And so I think, you know, people tend to let their guard down um, around colleagues and thinking that, you know, nobody's infected in that setting. Um, whereas with patients that were on high, high protection, high guard. And so 
we just told our students masks must be worn at all times. We've also, we had a number of our hospital systems in particular and, and sites that said, you know, we don't want students taking care of or seeing known or highly suspicious of COVID um, patients, which is hard because, as you know, the list of possible symptoms from COVID includes everything down to sore throat. So then you worry about all these, you know, potential strep patients. I know. Students aren't going to get the experience yet caring for that. And so... It's been a little bit tricky, but you know they are some of the some of the hospitals are providing N95s to the students. Some are just having them wear surgical masks, but they are not actually um, on the COVID units in the ICUs. So we're trying as best we can to protect them, understanding that at some point we're probably this year we may need to revisit our policies and, and hospital systems may lo- loosen up a little bit on that, especially when they know that they've got all of the added. PPE that would be needed if students were to take care of COVID patients, because we don't want them to lack that experience, because as you know, when they graduate next summer, it will be them taking care of COVID patients. But for the time being, we're, we're trying to protect them as much as possible, just to in a hope of not disrupting their clinical year um, from the standpoint of, of students, um, you know, being exposed and then coming down with COVID. And, and so far, so good. In fact, even the number of exposures have drastically dropped off. So I think that's a combination of just um, students and, and sites being more comfortable with the students being back in the, in the clinics, but also the preceptors are doing a really good job of, of um, de- determining which patients the students should see and which they should probably stay away from for now. I know everybody's hyper aware of what's going on. And, you know, for me, I have this sneezing issue once in a while and <laughs> I'll get into two or three sneezes and, you know, and people will be like, oh, can we leave the door open? <laughs> right, right. So, absolutely. It anyway. is so true. The little yeah. tickle in your throat that used to be allergies is now uh, makes everybody nervous. Uh-huh, exactly. Just to answer your question too about the the enrollment or, or number of applications. So that's interesting as well because our application cycle opens at the end of April. And so, you know, we were definitely in the height of COVID at that time. And we were trying to decide if we needed to make adjustments to our admissions requirements, how this was going to affect the number of applicants. Um, CASPA, the the system that that the centralized application service for PAs. They actually included an extra little essay that applicants could fill out that asked how COVID had affected, you know, if they felt like COVID had had any effect on their application. So they can actually add in information about, you know, I had to take the GRE at home. I had to, I couldn't shadow um, because hospital systems weren't allowing folks to shadow. You know, it it affected some uh, folks' ability to accrue healthcare experience hours. So we did make a few minor adjustments to our admissions requirements this year. We called them COVID clauses, um, basically saying usually we have a a minimum of a thousand hours of healthcare experience that must be complete at the time of application. We lowered that to 500 and just said that a thousand hours would have to be complete by December of this year. We also said that they could apply without having yet taken the GRE, but the GRE would need to be taken by September 1st, which is our application deadline. So we added a, a few clauses. And interestingly enough, our site, our, our application cycle just closed on September 1st, and we had 1,500 completed applications, almost 1,600 completed applications for 54 seats, which is wow. 300 applications more than we had last year at the end of the cycle. So there was definitely not a negative effect 
yeah, not a negative effect on the applications for sure. Laura, thank you so much for your time. We covered a lot of ground today, a lot Absolutely. of good stuff. So um, I really appreciate it and uh, good luck with the clinical year this year. Thanks so much, Sam. Thank you for joining the OrthoPAC podcast. Please follow the Physician Assistance in Orthopedic Surgery on social media. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Please subscribe to our podcast. If this has been helpful, please take a moment to leave a review.